1: Le dorota beri. i me be Bayati to kol po lei sham dam adai ad bivor chein mo ese bayati to kol po lei ave do deho do
2: wenn ich nach der holen beschuld am tairsballo hier lege schon steil auf fenschler berin neu na weil lei kaum bitte mir selber I'm
3: Hola halo ya tata, y me lo chamata, el okey es lo que la halo ya tata, y lo chamata, el okey es lo la halo ya tata, y lo chamata, el Come on.
0: Yaakov Shweki, data live version here at JM in the AM. Before that, Omek Hadavar had the bridge. Uh, L'Chadodi was done by uh, Shia Rubenstein, Ellie Deutsch with Tovla Hodos. That's Tzvilot Shabbat medley, that's Micha Gammerman, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this November the 13th, day 26 in the month of Marcheshvan, the year 5781. Tavshin pei Olive. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chayei Sara. Regards to our friends in Chevron. Was an honor to host the Shiva Shaveh Chevron crowdfunding campaign last night. Over one million dollars came in, which is pretty amazing, frankly. Kudos to everybody around the world who's supporting great institutions, especially those in the holy city of Chevron. Candle lighting at 4:19 here in New York. 4:19, so we'll get the final hour going at about 3:15 Eastern time. Presented by uh, Mark Zamek and sponsored by our friends at KEDEM. Uh, 419, your official candle lighting time. We'll bench Rosh tomorrow. or Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday. or Chodesh Kislev will be Tuesday. 72 degrees with 94% humidity. Winds in northeast at 8 miles per hour. Cloudy periods of rain and a high of 54. Then tonight, clear, low 44. Ooh, it's going to be cooling off tonight. Uh, sunshine for Shabbos with a high 54 degrees, 49 right now, 49, oh, it's got to be the opposite, 72, 72 right now in Yerushalayim, 49 in New York City, as we say good morning at jm Did I say it was 72 when I opened the weather forecast? That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 72 in Yerushalayim, but 49 degrees here in New York as we say good morning. Here at JM in the AM. It's pretty funny. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Malcolm Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Support our full campaign. If you haven't yet, go to fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. Be as generous as possible. Toss in a monthly donation if you can. Hey, that's one of the ways to really support us. That's a real, uh, that's a real, uh, what's the word? That's a real demonstration of tremendous support, and I thank you for that. Um, someone pointed out to me that this is the first Friday the 13th since we closed our shuls. We closed our shuls on Friday, March 13th, and this is the first Friday the 13th since then. What does that mean, and what what is its significance? I have no idea, but I thought it was funny that someone pointed that out to me. Uh, knowing that I uh, enjoy calendaric trivia, even if it is the secular calendar, and has to do with a, a superstition like that, but I thought that was a that was a funny thing to point out. What it means again, I have absolutely no idea. I do know that uh, since it is the 13th of the month, and we did shut our schools back in March, it is now officially eight months since the start of this uh, dreaded practice of um, trying to beat COVID and the numbers are going up and we hope that everybody out there in our community and every community around the world is as safe as possible. We are a big endorsers of living life and going about our business, but that means being responsible with masks and washing hands and social distancing and not speaking uh, into someone's face, no handshakes. Let's do what we can. I don't know. These numbers are going up. Maybe that was expected. Maybe that was something that the uh, the doctors felt was uh, going to happen no matter what. All right. I hear that. But it's certainly uh, important that all of us do what we can to stay as safe as possible and to keep everybody around us as safe as possible. J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, weekly update on the way. Harry Rothenberg on the way. Rabbi Uden on the way plenty between now and 9 a.m. if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
4: Sholim
5: Aleichem Malachi Ashoreis Malachi Elohim Mimelech Malachi Amlochim Hakodosh Malachim, 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 I Malachim, 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 sacrifice him up above as an offering to me so this i promise you if you promise to stay true your children will be like the stars in the sky this vast universe before your very eyes move your hand you've proven yourself loyal to me your name will carry on your nation will grow strong a promise kept throughout history so this I promise you if you promise to stay true your children will be like the stars in the sky universe before you the eyes and listen number and then listen inside you couldn't count me if you try you couldn't count me if you try
1: Song from the last album we had the chuse of coming out with. Dearest to my heart these days, since I had the chuse of singing with my father, this track on the album. I want to dedicate it to my parents, dedicate it to all of our parents, all of your parents. <laughs> Malay Ola, kivodo, Malei Ola, mishantah, shualim ze. che vodo male ola che vodo male ola mi schanta sualim ze la ze
0: Benny Freeman with Hamalah HaGoel. Shlomo Katz had Kavodo. You heard the promise. What a song. Brand new from Aryeh Kunstler. That is quite a song, I must say. Mordecai Shapiro with Einan Achdu. Shalom Aleichem done by Aish. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. round the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com and the Alchomsigl Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. <laughs> weekly, <laughs> weekly update at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time with Malcolm Holmline coming up. Harry Rothenberg and then Rabbi Yudin later on with words about Chaye Sara. Big hello to our friends in Chevron. who are getting set for a Shabbat Chaye Sara. Very limited this year, obviously, to say the least. I think next year everybody wants to be there. Candle lighting at 419 in New York, which means the final hour presented by Kedem and hosted by Mark Zamek starts at about 3.15 Eastern time. Don't forget the Erev Shabbat show starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh uh, tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be Tuesday. Chanukah is on the way, literally a month from today. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker tov from J.M. and the A.M. <laughs>
6: ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו הודיע לפני זמן קצר על השלמת ההסכם עם חברת פייזר לרכישת החיסונים נגד קורונה. בהצהרה לתקשורת אמר נתניהו, היום אנו רואים אור בקצה המנהרה. ברגעים אלו אנו חותמים על ההסכם לקבלת חיסונים לכארבעה מיליון אזרחים. שר הבריאות, יולי אדלשטיין, הוסיף, אנחנו מקווים שכבר בתחילת ינואר יגיע החיסון, אבל זה עדיין תלוי ברשויות בארצות הברית. זו בשורה חשובה, אך עלינו לא להיכנס למצב של שעננות, לשעננות אין חיסונים, כח אדלשטיין. ברקע הדברים, כתבתנו המדינית, מוריה עשרה וולברג, מעדכנת של הראשונה מהיציאה מהסגר, מקדם ההדבקה הכללי עלה אחד כלומר, כל חולה עלול להדביק בממוצע אדם אחד, מדובר באליה משמעותית מאתמול. ביום ראשון תתכנס ועדת עשרים לקורונה לדיון ברקע איתות <אז> התחלואה. גבר כבין 75 נפצע באורח אנוש כתוצאה מפיצוץ בלון גז בדירה ברחוב חנה סנש בחיפה. קובי מנדל מוסר שצוות קבעות וההצלה יצליח להשתלט על הלהבות. צוות מדה את איש לבית החולים רמבם בעיר תוך ביצוע החייאה. המשטרה פתחה בחקירת נס... נסיבות עד
7: לקה.
6: הגדולות נגד החלטת הממשלה שלא לאפשרת פתיחתן, רשת שילב פנתה על השר לביטחון הפנים בתענה כי סגירת חנויות הרשת בלתי חוקית מאחר והרשת מוכרת ציוד חיוני כמו מזון תינוקות וחיסאות בטיחות. בשילב מאיימים בנקיטה צעדים משפטיים בעת צורח. כתבתנו לענייני צרכנות עיניו קרנר מוסרת שגם רשתות אחרות מוחות נגד ההחלטה שלו לאפשרת פתיחתן. לטענתן הן למשרד הבריאות או לכל משרד אחר סמכות לתת תעודת הכשר לעמידה של חנות בהגדרה זו. במענה מבירת בחרין נקבר היום ראש ממשלה חליפה בן סלמן על חליפה. ארונו הגיע אמש מארצות הברית, שם הושפז בשל מחלה. הנסיך, הנסיך חליפה בן بن سلمان הן בתפקידו 49 שנים, מאז קיבלה בחרין את עצמאותה מבריטניה ב-1971, כהונתו בתפקיד היא הארוכה ביותר שאותה השלים ראש ממשלה בעולם. אמותו בגיל 84 מונה בנו להחליפו בראשות הממשלה, ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. מזג האוויר היום בעירת מעונן חלקית תחול עלייה בטמפרטורות שתהיינה רגילות לעונה מחר ללא שינוי, לקראת הלילה צפויים נמטרים מקומיים מלווים בסופות רעמים וברד, בעיקר בצפון הארץ ובמישור החוף. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת פרשת חיי שרה, שבת מברכים לחודש כסלב. בירושלים ב-4 ודקה, בתל אביב תיכנס השבת ב-4.22, בחיפה ב-4.10, וביבר שבת תיכנס השבת ב-4.23. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים ב-5.19, בתל אביב ב-5.20, בחיפה ב-5.18, וביבר שבת תצא השבת ב-5.21. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום, אלה חדשות.
1: хорош и се Shalom mi yoshav ki sedin Ma bitvei Yodea umi yerape li bit el mi ani mit kmo yam she lo xov rakta gid li mi mi vi aftia she anilo e
3: kana
1: De- Kes- but me Matzmeach Kna'afayim, Umi I'm going
0: JM in the AM, Avremel, it's Avram Fried with the brand new uh, cover of uh, uh, the selection entitled Shvurei Leiv here at JM in the AM. Rosh Chodesh is Tuesday, it's a Friday morning broadcast, weekly update coming up. Harry Rothenberg has uh, words about Parashas Chayei Sura, here he is at JM in the AM. There's a
8: long-standing tradition for Jewish fathers to bless their daughters just before their wedding ceremony with the following words, may you become thousands of myriads and may your descendants inherit the gate of their enemies. Interesting choice of words. It's an exact quote from one of the passages in this week's total portion. And it's perfectly appropriate because it's the blessing that Rebekah, Rivka, receives from her brother just before she goes off to become the wife of Isaac. Yitzchak, but one second, who was Rivka's brother, who pronounced that blessing to her? None other than Lovan, the lord of larceny and lies himself. The same scoundrel whom we're going to see later in the Torah tricks Jacob, Yaakov, his son-in-law-to-be, when he switches his daughter Leah for his daughter Rachel, Rachel, on Yaakov's wedding night. Why in the world would we quote love and of all people when giving a blessing to our daughters at this most special time in their lives and in our lives? The sages explain that this teaches us never to discount the blessing of anyone. We know when you receive a bracha, a blessing from a great sage, a big rabbi, that's very special, but here we're learning. It's also special when you receive a blessing from anyone. Take every blessing seriously. A few days ago, I was at the bris of a great-nephew. My niece and my nephew had a baby boy, and I was sitting next to my father and a guest must have figured mistakenly that my father was the grandfather of the baby, not the great-grandfather. So when my father introduced me as his son, the fellow figured, oh, I must be the father of the new baby boy. So he starts giving me this beautiful blessing that I should have nachas, joy, from this child and all my children. And so my initial inclination was to cut him off and say, I'm sorry, you got the wrong guy. I'm very flattered that you think I'm the new father, but it's actually my nephew. He's much younger than me. But I said, wait a second. If the blessing of..." Any person is important. Maybe the blessing given even to an unintended or incorrect recipient is also important. So I didn't stop him. And besides, he had his eyes closed. He was on a roll. He had brought his A game for that blessing. So I waited patiently. When he finished, I said, Amen. And I said, Oh, and by the way, I, I just have to tell you, I'm not the father. He is. And I pointed to my nephew. He apologized. I said, You don't have to apologize. Thank you very much. I appreciate that beautiful blessing. And he went off to give another bracha, another blessing to my nephew, but there's more. The sages also explained that this may well have been the only sincere moment in Lovin's entire life. The only time when he wasn't looking out for himself, me, myself, and I, but rather genuinely had the best interests of his sister in mind. And so we see from here that even the world's greatest scoundrels or never-do-wells, if they have one moment, of sincere selflessness, really thinking about someone else rather than themselves, that moment can have cosmic repercussions. It can be immortalized for posterity as this one was. A very powerful lesson indeed.
2: Mandou li pachidnichom da war, rakershar się rakersar, paszut lesmoach, liit chabele, mache
1: tole maszyje, lecz ok, kolgotolo, soli ta éš. Achet se vi nagimarid lietale, rocelle po chazak, holakuach. Annie rocela, of the cool kéch, maskili się om éš, vivo, eret hold your coat. We'll see you
3: uh
9: Pray i
0: JM in the A.M. Ari Goldwag Ashes Chayal Friday morning Erev of Shabbos. Before that, you heard the uh, Elchanan Baruch selection entitled Shabbos. Achos by request off our app with Baruch Levine and Ton Katz. And the Michal Przansky had bow near coat to open up that set. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday. We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow again. Tomorrow we bench Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Kislev will be on Tuesday. Candlelighting at 419. Final hour will begin about 315 Eastern time. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem and hosted by Mark Zomik. So get ready for that. That happens about 315 today Eastern time. Final hour before Shabbos, which is filled with pretty amazing music and many wonderful things which you'll enjoy. Again, official candlelighting at 419. 419 official candlelighting here in uh, the New York area. Uh, make sure you know when things start where you are. Things are getting pretty early these days. <laughs> that's a uh, that's an understatement. Things are getting pretty early. You want to make sure that you have a, uh, a handle on your Friday schedule. <laughs> Not always easy to have a handle on your Friday schedule this time of year, frankly. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abelson Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies. Old-world classics like Beef Fry, Kishka, and many others, and modern Better For You kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO and try a A&H today. Those of you who have not yet visited, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. It's a unique opportunity, really an amazing opportunity to... Uh, learn and to, um, and to share with people in your life a wonderful, simple, or relatively easy curriculum about Shabbos. And those of you, again, who have uh, experienced the Partners in Torah experience, you know how valuable the partnership can be in, uh, in, for both the mentor and the student. And those of you who've never experienced it, try this and see what you think. It's partnersintero.org slash Shabbat. Sign up and become part of it. Partnersintero.org slash Shabbat. I think you will be quite satisfied with the experience. Partnersintero.org slash Shabbat. Five minutes away from the weekly update with Malcolm homeline and plenty more happening on a Friday. Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
1: chatradish alenu as khaydish alenu as taiva o I'm Spa Hu.
0: Yeah, we bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Yechad She'u. Done by Yehuda. Before that, Leif Tahar with Birch I Always think of the great Chaim Lobo Silber when I play that song because it was de- the word Chaim is mentioned so many times in that song they dedicated the entire song to his memory. Amazing video of that online. If you could check out, if you check out YouTube, you can find it. It's amazing. Uh, we'll will Tosh Chodesh tomorrow, Chodesh Kislev will be on Tuesday. Candlelighting at four nineteen here in New York. Make sure you know when candle is when you are, where you are. Sarev Shabbos Parshas Sarah. Best regards to our friends in Chevron, who have a much smaller Shabbat Chaye Sarah than they normally do. That's for sure. Hopefully next year we'll all be there. Hopefully. Please, God, we'll be able to uh, be past this situation and be able to be in Chevron for Chayisar. Oh, I should check the date. So unlike me not to have checked the date already for next year. Always have to have a plan. Also, the Kines Shluchim is usually this weekend, the uh, Shabbos Mavarchim Kislev, uh, where thousands of shluchim from around the Chabad world come into the New York area. And that's being done virtually this year. What a different year. What a different year. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. I want to give a special thank you to JewishWorldReview.com for uh, featuring my article that I wrote on Saturday night after learning of the passing of Rabbi Sachs and after uh, having endured Shabbat on the Lower East Side after the passing of um, Horeb David Feinstein. And that article about Jewish leadership appeared literally on their front page, which was quite an honor. Those of you looking to... um, print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos, guess what? JewishWorldReview.com is a great resource for that. Again, JewishWorldReview.com. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. joins us Friday's for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM and the AM.
10: Thank you, and good Shabbos to everyone.
0: You know, one of the benefits that you've had in your remarkable career, and, and frankly one of the things I'm jealous of, is the, um, is the interaction you've had with real, authentic Jewish leaders over all these decades. You have seen leaders, and you've seen them... In really tense and difficult situations, you've seen them in relaxed situations, and I would imagine that in your list of those who you've met and interacted with, the two that we lost this past uh, Shabbos, a Friday in Shabbos, are of David Feinstein and Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the Chief Rabbi, I would imagine that they are very high on your list when it comes to respect for Jewish leadership.
10: A hundred percent, and they were very different people, but had common values and common traits. Um, I mean, I don't know there was a greater un-of than uh, Rob Feinstein and something that he inherited it as well. Um, and Rabbi Sachs' ability to communicate to every kind of audience possible and to interpolate our Masora, our heritage, to, to them, but to non-Jews as well. I, I can't tell you how many of them during the week said to me, uh, started talking about him and saying how they've read his his books and he, wow, uh, how many people he influenced and standing up in the House of Lords as he did on anti-Semitism, uh, both great losses for our community and don't replace them easily.
0: You know, I, I pointed this out um, uh, in the article that I wrote, and uh, COVID nineteen has only reinforced this that. Uh, uh, when there's a void in leadership, um, uh, irresponsible leadership often sneaks in, often uh, fills that void. And that's something that we have to be wary of. We really have to be concerned about, both in leadership roles and as regular people. We gotta... For short
10: term, though, in most cases, the people ultimately see through it. And, you know, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't ultimately people know and realize. that they, they There is the trend of the day and the person of the day that they go after or somebody who gives expression to some particular concern, but they realize that it's a dead-end road, that, that these were people who, whose leadership sustained over so many years because of the qualities that they espoused, because of the, of the kind of people they were and the messages that they brought us.
0: Yeah, and what I want to point out is that, and we, and we said this, by the way, you, you said it, and of course I agreed when, when Revise Sachs, uh, when it was announced that he was ill, that there was something about knowing that in any situation where you were and in any situation where he was, if he opened his mouth, you knew it would only be to the benefit of the Jewish people. It would be done with tremendous respect, admiration, a, a, a genuine uh, respect for colleagues, both secular and religious. And there's a comfort to that. There's a comfort when Jews around the world know that there's a representative who every time he opens his mouth, we can be proud of what he's saying and and frankly uh, when it comes to a Gadol hadar like her by feinstein i think the same thing can be said there are people mm-hmm. who might be upset with certain sock they might be upset with certain decisions that are made but you know you are getting an objective well thought out responsible decision and when you see the way the world reacted both jew and non jew alike to his passing in this area of uh, new york we'll of new york city then uh, you know you know that's 100% true anyway Jewish leadership is such an important topic, and thank God we've had some role models to really emulate, and I hope the next generation picks up on it and understands how important a role it is as we move forward. Speaking of leadership, is there anything that you can uh, tell us that will shed light on what's happening with the leadership in Washington, D.C.? Some of the news outlets are saying that the president's um, efforts are starting to really fall apart and that everybody, including he, uh, are going to have to realize that Joe Biden's the next president of the United States. Do you think we're finally heading in that direction?
10: Well, it appears to be by the certification, but the, the president's lawsuits, I think, certainly Pennsylvania will go forward. And it's. It, I think there's an advantage not in sustaining this, the campaign, but in uh, clarifying these things so that for the next four years you don't have it hanging over. And the accusation, I don't think, will go away that the that there were... Uh, by partisans on either side. But, you know, once an election, by the time we get to January 20th, I hope everything will be resolved and everybody will be in the right place. And you see that uh, President-elect Biden, uh, as he is known, is uh, um, moving ahead with appointments and with the transition. And, you know, we will we will have another government, whatever it will be on January 20th but that we also see that congress is clarifying and it. it's all come down to what i said last week which is georgia right. and the two seats there and for you know the implications are are really vast that if one party controls all three houses you know it's a very different circumstance than when you have the division when there's checks and balances that are more in place um sometimes it can be an obstacle but more often i think it's it's a check on reality the, the, um, but In this case, you have a separation of two seats, and even if it's 51-49 and people say, well, that's not a margin, et cetera, it does affect who gets to be the chairman of committees, that whoever has the 51 gets to appoint all the chairpeople and the majority of the seats on the key committees. And if it's 50-50, it means then that uh, the vice president come, uh, will, will um Cast the deciding vote. So in this case, it's likely to be Kamala Harris, so it comes 50, 51, 50. So people have to understand what the importance of these elections, and I assume we're going to see $100 million, $200 million poured into Georgia for this campaign.
0: And people uh, from other states pouring into Georgia?
10: <laughs> Everybody pouring into it, I mean, it's both to take and to give, and uh, and um, I, but I hope the divisiveness and those things can can stop. I mean, you see uh, some of the things that the, the, the mood and atmosphere. I think people are tired, um, concerned. They have legitimate concerns about where we're headed and what will be done. Uh, thank God we we have some hope with uh, with COVID, but there are new strains that come up and. Nobody knows yet, we're, you know, much of the world is going into another lockdown, period. And even here in in America, you have a, a million new cases. It's, um, hey. you know, we have real challenges. And so, and for the, to meet them, we have to really come together. I know it's a slogan that people use after every election, but, you know, we're not going we're going to go into an easy period and you have a lot of decisions to be made. Whether it's about Iran or whether it's about the other global challenges, but most importantly, the I think the domestic agenda will take priority.
0: I think it's a um, I, I think I I'm getting the impression that things are a bit calmer. Uh, maybe I'm just ignoring the rhetoric, the post election rhetoric. So. No,
10: I think you're right. I, yeah. I think you're right. And a lot of the expectation of violence after the election from one side or the other did not materialize. I think in part the police sent the right message when they arrested people the night before. Um, And, you know, sent it clearly that they weren't going to tolerate what happened the last time with the looting and the uh, destruction. Uh, So, but it it doesn't mean it's all passed. When the final decision is announced, we'll we'll see what happens, uh, depending upon what uh, the decision is.
0: For those of us who are are not as familiar with, with the procedures when it comes to Washington, can you sum up why committee chairmanships are so vital? Is there an example you can give us? of what could happen down the road if one party or another party or one responsible or irresponsible uh, chairperson you know, leads a committee?
10: Yes, we've had many, many examples that the people who are more favorable, or less favorable, let's say, towards Israel, and you chair the Appropriations Committee or you Foreign Relations Committee or Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, both the House and the Senate, it's true because they also control the agenda to a large degree, about what each of the committees consider and the timing of it, they appoint the, the majority party appoints the majority of members on committees, which obviously can make a difference. And you know, the, the um, depending upon the cooperative nature of the, that particular committee with the people involved, can determine whether they are able actually to move things forward. But the major being in in the majority. Carries a lot of weight, and you know whether the speaker or the majority leader are of one party or another, they set much of the agenda. You see what Mitch McConnell, you see what Nancy Pelosi, you see Chuck Schumer, even the minority leaders. Um, minority leaders, though, don't have the impact when it comes really to the bottom line. It's the majority party representative that uh, really sets the timing, agendas often the content.
0: And I know there are a lot of Democrats in this audience, which is fine, but we do have to acknowledge the fact that they're now members of the Democratic Party. And in, in, in the world of payback and the world of rewarding those who've moved the party forward, if you call that forward, uh, it, you, you never know who could end up with a chairmanship like that. So those out there in Georgia, and we actually do have an audience down there, um, you know, think carefully. Uh, we won't endorse anybody or, 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 or urge anybody to vote a certain way, but uh, think carefully because uh, – I think Malcolm's point is uh, is so vital and so important. Speaking of elections by the way, and now that the the perception is that BB's weaker because Biden won, and you could tell us if you agree with that or not. Uh the rumor is that Benny Gantz could in fact call for new elections with the uh with the atmosphere being the way it is, a lot of BB Um, stuff going on demonstrations regarding COVID etc and of course this now what looks like more of a strained relationship coming up with the United States what do you think of that
10: well the relationship will be what it is no matter who's the Prime Minister there are tensions with the Democratic Party over still that they go back to his speech to Congress etc but I look the relationship the fundamentals of relationship are strong certainly with members of Congress the, the 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 numbers are very strong um, we will have some new committee chairs, as from what we discussed before, who maybe uh, are not going to be the same as what we had. Uh, and some of them are, in fact, reputed not to be very favorable. But overall, Congress will be, the administration will be. Uh, and the U.S. Israel relationship was never bound by individuals or by parties. And I think that the interests in the region really continue to, to press us to. Expand the relationship, and you know the new dynamic in the relationship will, in the Middle East will continue. I think it might even get stronger if, if parties uh, look at Israel as the um, you know the more stable ally, as a reliable ally, and have uh, questions about future policy or Iran on anything else. Is Benny Gans
0: uh, going to call for new elections? So-
10: so ben, if Benny Guns calls for new elections, it's only if he thinks that he can win. Right now, I don't see the numbers yet for him winning. I see a very divisive outcome. You know, Bennett has gone up in the polls, and then others show BB up, and then he could be uh, the, 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 together. It depends if he coalesces with other groups. Will they put the old blue and white together again? But, it, you know, it would be over a budget crisis, which automatically brings the government down if they can't get the budget in time. Um, but when you have... The crisis they have with, with COVID, when you have the economic implications, which are very straining on the country, when you have all of the issues that Israel faces. And, you know, while we're all focused on the election, for instance, the Iran issue has exploded. You know, they, they found to have had 12 times the amount of enriched uranium that they were allowed to have, 12 times um, and they say they're not ready to reopen real discussions or real negotiations. They just want a complete capitulation on the part of the United States. We see that they admit to the uh, uh, cyber warfare that they conducted against Israel, water against all sorts of other things in Israel and and around the world. We see that the the uh, aspirations don't change in terms of their uh, involvement. Um, in uh, the nuclear program and and missile program and all of the other things are advancing. So, and they, and the violation, by the way, it's still, you know, a lot of this stuff is based on the documentation that Israel got out of, um, out of Iran that's still driving a lot of the IAEA's uh, announcements and research, but we find that there are new facilities. We know that they're uh, putting in more modern centrifuges. So Iran regionally and locally is this, direct to Israel, but to the whole region, and I think that will drive countries to, to still want to coalesce with yeah. this, Israel, in the process.
0: There's, there's speculation that the uh, that the Begin Doctrine is going to be cited and that the Israel will take action, preemptive action, against Iran before Trump leaves, specifically with that timetable in mind. What do you think?
10: I think that you know, we shouldn't speculate about such serious issues because it has very big implications. Um, there is very good reason to to think that and to think about that but the the, uh, and the and the aggressiveness in which Iran and Turkey and others are moving in the region the changes that are taking place the fact is that the american presence and the alliance with israel is really critical and the growing reorientation of the region both the mediterranean and the gulf and even the quad in in indo pacific with the which nobody talks about, but it's very important, India, Australia, Japan, and America, which was organized by the United States. And then what we're trying to link the three up, it could change the map. And the opportunities are there to do it. So I hope that no matter what the administration, you know, when they look at the new ballistic missiles that Iran has just uh, unveiled, which have carry multiple warheads and the new automated and smart systems uh, involved in, in that the IRGC manufactures, and the, um, and the fact that we see that Iran was involved in the Facebook uh, organizing of the anti Netanyahu protests. And there's direct proof. They found 12 Facebook accounts, 307 Instagram accounts. I don't know, remember the whole list of, of all the things that they found that uh, that tie into it. So, you know, th- this is a real challenge. And the, whether the Begin Doctrine or the BB Doctrine or something else will, will dictate, but it's the situation on the ground that will determine what the next steps will be.
0: Do you think that uh, the COVID situation is going to affect... Uh... That situation uh, in a in a strong manner, meaning that uh, under normal circumstances, if there's such a thing as normal, uh, Bibi might take this action and may you know go ahead with a preemptive strike. But because of what's happening at home with COVID and the situation that's going on, it, it, it might deter him from doing so.
10: Look, I think and no prime minister will undertake lightly. A move against uh, Iran, although Israel has taken a lot of measures and others, and you see no retaliation because I think Iran understands what the price will be. That's why they revert to the cyber attack. They try to do it anonymously, but now they even go open and public and, and feel that they can um, get away with it, which is uh, an important thing to consider as we examine the whole region. Uh, I mean, what's happening in the region and the attitudes and the feeling that maybe that they'll be able to get away with things. The United States is going to introduce many more sanctions, I think, in the last two months of the administration. I think a lot of those executive orders will be undone, uh, as they've said. But I think the, the you can't rush into negotiations because you really don't have a partner. Iran has not indicated that it's... Ready. Everything that they've said is that they're not ready to, to engage in all of this um, and even said that we have no regard for what Biden's advisors say. No one can talk about the JCPOA and, and open it up again. What a sign to sign. So I don't think we have a, a, a willing partner. What we have to look at is all the things that have taken place on the ground in, in this time, that the, the the realigning of alliances, the conflict situations um, spreading from you know, what's happening in Northern Sinai to what's happening in Syria near the Golan, to what's happening in Libya and Navarro-Karabakh, where you have a, a ceasefire agreement, but it was Russia that, negotiated it, and brought the parties together and gets the
0: credit. All right. it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, and the web, and NahumSiegel.com, and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Can you you confirm or deny this rumor that uh, the President of the United States has gone ahead and uh, taken away all restrictions to authorize Jonathan Pollard to leave the United States and go to Israel?
10: well it's been something speculated about all week there were reports that yes and no uh they themselves have said they have not heard um i think that it is the the, the um there is a deadline that it has to be reextended meaning that the, somebody has the president has to re-extend the restrictions on uh, mr pollard uh, I hope, and we all hope and impress uh, that they, they will not. This is ridiculous. He wants to go to Israel and live a quiet life. You see he's almost invisible. He's not violated any of the understandings that they had his, uh, for his parole. I think it's it's such an injustice, um, and hopefully they will finally just allow those restrictions to end, that he and his wife can go and live in Israel uh, and, you know, if you finish their income, and, and live out their lives in peace and as they certainly are entitled to spend it, paid a heavy price already.
0: Do we know when that deadline is?
10: I think it's next week.
0: Oh, so literally the President of the United States can ignore it. And in that case, that would the be. Coming it. days. Right. Yeah. Will there be a $23 billion arms sale to the UAE?
10: Yes, there will be, likely. I think the Congress is going to want to review it. I know there are many senators who have reservations. Uh, they're going to want to know that the QME, meaning Israel's quality military edge, uh, will be maintained. It seems Netanyahu is satisfied that it will be, and Gantz has expressed it. Uh, there's no opposition, it seems, in Israel to it. It's a huge deal. It's not just the F-35s, the 50, which is uh, something would have been unthinkable two years ago, <clears throat> but because of all that's happened and the realignments in, in the region um, and at $10 billion in supplemental weapons and other things, uh, again, it's a long period till they'll get delivery uh, of the planes, even if it doesn't start for a couple of years, five years or so. Um, but the concern always is that they fall in the wrong hands whether they be used there's you know, those who are not, happy with the human rights records, other things in, in countries when we sell arms. But uh, my expectation is that it will go through.
0: So the UAE is becoming a, a military powerhouse
10: in the Middle East. Well, it always has been. You know, we have a big Air Force base, which I, I visited there. Uh, UAE is um, continuing to move ahead. You know, the, the flights that took place, the first of the tourist groups uh, landed there this week, the um uh, UAE is removing the visa requirements with visits with Israel. They're both ne- they're negotiating. It's now three hours, you know, to fly from Israel. Yeah. there, And the overflights to the east are taking place, which is very important for Israel, both Sudan and over the Gulf. Um, so we see that, um, you know, that the prime minister of Bahrain, uh, passed away. He, he, he's actually been, he's the world's longest-serving prime minister, which is why I mention it because he's since the country's independence in '71, um, he served as the prime minister, and now the crown prince mm. has been appointed to take his place, which means that there will be continuity there as well in terms of the policy. Uh, so this is, um, you know, we we have to send strong messages to Iran. There are many people who who are concerned about the sale, but. The fact that uh, the prime minister and others in Israel have come out as they have, uh, you know, will diminish those expressions.
0: Well, the new administration put an end to those strong messages to Iran. I asked that because of the speculation. I think it was in a Jerusalem Post article that now we know that, you know, at the top of the list, when the UAE and Bahrain and all these countries uh, were coming forward in terms of peace agreements, treaties with Israel, Uh, We know at the top of the list was Saudi Arabia, and we still, you know, await to see what will happen. Uh, Now it seems, at least based on what I read, that uh, with a Biden administration, there's going to be a U.S. choice of Saudi Arabia versus Iran. And as they get friendlier with Iran, which is possible, we've seen democratic uh, um, administrations behave in that manner recently, uh, Saudi Arabia could be marginalized. And, of course, if the opposite would happen, then the Iranians would be. Do you see uh, this type of... uh, of struggle between friendship with Saudi Arabia and friendship with Iran coming up?
10: Uh, I think friendship is the wrong word when we talk about Iran. Do I see the possibility that they will renegotiate or to seek to renegotiate, even though the Iranians said they won't, the JCPOA? Yes, that's something that uh, Vice President Biden has said all along is his intent. Um, but he said that they want to redo it, not just not eliminate it. The the Iranians say they're not going to renegotiate it. I think Iran's aspirations in the region really dictate that this, there's no friendship in the offing. It goes against their very raison d'etre. They mobilize the people who hate this regime and who demonstrate against the regime by organizing against the United States, against Israel, against Saudi Arabia, uh, not because it's for, the economy is in ruins. Uh, I, I, the sanctions the maximum pressure does work in terms of the economy. It has had an impact. Did it eliminate the danger? No, I pointed out that, they, that they're they now 12 times the limit. They have about double the rich uranium than they reported in August. Um, so the threat of Iran remains. And I think that the Saudi-U.S. relationship, even though there are sore points in it and there are mem- members of Congress who are highly critical on human rights and other grounds, the fact is that Saudi Arabia is a vital ally for us I do believe the process will continue. I think that the Vice President has said that, others have said it, certainly there, there is a dynamic to it. It's not solely dependent on the United States, but as in the case with Sudan, the U.S. played a critical role in, in enabling it to happen. Uh, but there is a dynamic that um, countries will, uh, you know, are, who are on the path, I think, will continue, hopefully with the support of, of uh, Washington of both sides of the aisle. In, and the administration, because it is it's it is the most critical thing, I think, that happened in a long time in terms of trying to stabilize the region and helping countries like Egypt and others as well. Yeah.
0: But, it, but in Saudi Arabia's case, I get it that Israel, you know, in, in theory could have made a deal with the UAE, and the U.S. could have been, you know, a, a casual observer. I get that. When it comes to Saudi Arabia, the impression is that in order for Israel to have a similar Type of relationship, the U.S. has to be much more involved. Is that wrong?
10: The United States has to be much more involved in
0: in this in this in this um, shidduch. That the Between
10: US, Saudi Arabia and Israel.
0: Yeah, that they have to uh-huh. take a much more active role. And that's why I wonder if the U.S. does warm up—okay, friendship's the wrong word, but you get my point—does warm up more in the next administration to Iran, is that going to scare Saudi Arabia off from dealing with the U.S.
10: in any capacity? It may scare them into it. If, if they feel that there's weakening there, as one leader in the Gulf, or more than one I should say, told me when we visited it over the last couple of years. You know, Israel's our only hope against the enemy. They don't rely on the West often, and it doesn't matter the administration, because going back to Biden, to to Bush, to this administration, you know, there's been this sense of withdrawal. We have reduced uh, our troop commitments and other things.
0: So that being the case, why is there today not an agreement yet
10: with Saudi Arabia and Israel?
0: If if that's the case, and they realize it's... Because there
10: are, you know, Saudi Arabia is a very different society. It's much more conservative. It's a different kind of population structure than the UAE, which always... You know, 80 percent or 90 percent of people in the UAE are uh, are not Emiratis. They're foreigners. And there's much more of an openness um, and the traditional society. I know the king is very reluctant. I think MBS, his son, is much more assertive. And I've discussed it with him. So, you know, a little bit about what his thinking is. Uh, he certainly wants to open up the country. Many of them are looking at the post-oil era, knowing that this is not something they can rely on for the generations to come. Mm. So they want to broaden their societies. They, they see the model in Israel as the high-tech nation and talk about wanting to benefit and to share and to work together with Israelis on it. But you see also the, the breakdown. You know that, that the foreign ministry of uh, of Israel reported that, um, uh, so many people in the Arab world, from across, from Morocco to, to Yemen, thousands of them sent the foreign ministry Arabic messages of support, and in some cases even putting their um, their copies of their passport, which is a very courageous thing to do. Wow. So there are changes. I'm not saying it's it's going to flip and can things go back. Yes, they can always go back. Uh, we know that a, a bullet can change a government in in the Middle East, um, but the the uh, the fact that the polls show such a, a positive atmosphere relative to the past for towards normalization everywhere but in the PA that the um, I, I think that the more they see the benefits, and that's why I'm hoping a lot of the cooperative deals will go ahead so that everybody sees how much they can benefit. From uh, working together.
0: By the way, back to the vaccine for a moment. Uh, I mean, I see that uh, the Prime Minister's made a deal with one of the uh, medical companies about uh, pharmaceutical companies about a vaccine. I mean, I I, I assume the only way you can make a deal is you have full confidence that their vaccine will work, right? I mean, like, is this a deal that would let them move forward in developing it and hoping that it works in the end? Or is there definitive information already that they're on the right track?
10: Well, they say that there is, uh, the, that the testing has indicated that uh, that this thing works in 90% of the cases, um, and the problem is that the, the, the virus mutates, oh, yeah. you know, you know, have that new strain from um, in Denmark about the, the minks, coming from minks, and um, some Israelis who visited Denmark have tested for positively for that on their return. Oh, yeah. So this is a, a mysterious virus, but yes, we have something on the horizon that could benefit many people. Uh, Israel, especially for those most vulnerable, uh, pushed to get um, you know early on in the, in the lineup from Pfizer. then you know Pfizer does cooperate with a lot of companies in Israel on developments of drugs and pharmaceuticals. Uh, the CEO uh, who is a Greek Jew, uh, came under fire on, on, in an anti Semitic Greek publication where they put pictures of him with Goebel and other things, and of course, attacking him. Uh, so, you know, there will be worldwide competition for, for the drugs. I think people may, some may be hesitant, uh, but, uh, you know, it's very important. There are other drugs still under development. Hopefully, we will come up with a variety of solutions. This is—we've got to put a stop to this. The, the economic impacts, the oh personal impacts—you know—we close
0: uh, I'm people, sorry.
10: and now and in and, and by the way, younger people dying. And I understand that the new strain affects younger people more than the old strains did, which were really you were know, disproportionately impacting people over 60, 65, you know, elderly people over ninety, but not us youngsters. Um, but you know, this one it seems is different.
0: We closed the schools on Friday the 13th of March. Today is Friday the 13th of November, eight months already. Wow. I don't know how much more people can make it. I'm not just talking economically. I think it's starting to affect people in, in other ways as well. And I really hope and pray, whether it's in Israel or the United States, that these pharmaceutical companies develop a vaccine that, that works, works well, and that can be distributed pretty quickly. Because people already are, you know, trying to make plans for 2021, Malcolm. And already I noticed that there is no plan that anyone is ready to embark on before Pesach. And they're already concerned about the summer. It's November. People are thinking that their summer may be, may be down the tubes. It's, a, it's really...
10: Absolutely right. And, and I've heard it, and we were involved with discussions, obviously, that we, we travel. I, this is the longest period in 50 years. That I haven't traveled. I haven't been to Israel. I hope that people will realize it will make them reset. To realize how important Israel is to them, the fact that we can't go, how much people miss it, and my children, my grandchildren even raise it that uh, they, you know, they feel it. They know that we haven't been there, and maybe it will heighten the the appreciation and for our schools, for our institutions that we haven't been able to do it. That that could be the positive side of it. I'm very worried about the day after assessing the the condition of a lot of the institutions, the financial circumstances and implications. I know that. Um, Half the business in New York say it won't be back until the summer of 21. Wow. So it's, it's, um, it's difficult. By the way, before, I, I just wanted to mention, because I don't want people only to get the bad news, the Dutch Senate voted that Holland can't go along in the U.N. with the resolutions that declare the Temple Mount, Hamer Sharif, and do not acknowledge the Jewish uh, uh, historical connection uh, to it. And think of it from Holland, which has been often awful in many instances, in, even in their votes at the UN, that this resolution had passed like 50 to 25, I think was the margin. And the uh, other story was the um, how the Dutch Protestant Church came around and acknowledged the failings to Jews in World War II and issued uh, an apology, saying they hoped that their admission, and a detailed admission, wasn't too late. And they they talked about the recognizing the faults and feeling a uh, responsibility, anti is a sin against God and against people, and they said that the Protestant Church is part of this sinful history. You know, it's light, it can't undo the damage that was done, but I think, you know, when you look at the fact that uh, more than 100,000 Dutch Jews, which is three-quarters of the population, did not survive World War II, and too often there was collaboration on or part even of, of Dutch citizens, uh, that the, uh, these kind of acknowledgements are very important in the week of uh, Kristallnacht.
0: No question about it. 83 years since Kristallnacht, as we mentioned on Monday, and very important these reminders. Finally, I know we have uh, just a minute, but but I, p- people are demanding. I ask, and I think they're right. Is there, as we read about building permits and Ramat Shlomo and other things happening in in Judea and Samaria? I mean. Is the Prime Minister going to try to accelerate things before Trump leaves office to get certain things done that he fears may not be able to be done under the uh, uh, guise of a uh, Biden administration?
10: I I think that... Could be expected that the um, that the well, to to, to, uh, implement things that this administration has already acknowledged, meaning the that uh, they can do deals with Ariel University, for instance, in the West Bank, and Mm -hmm. that uh, government programs can apply to uh, across the Green Line, which is a change that the administration implemented a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Uh, I think you can fully expect it. I don't think that they're going to want to do things that are provocative or, you know, the, you know, the administration's policies will be different. There's no doubt that that there will be changes. Uh, I don't think if they're not going to undo the embassy in Jerusalem. They're not going to move it back to Tel Aviv. They're not going to undo other uh, decisions. And I think that, you know, they have so many uh, executive orders and other things that they uh, plan to undo on the first day. <laughs> Uh, that uh, hopefully, I don't those, know when they'll get to this,
0: yeah, hopefully those will make it through without a problem. And Saab Eriket is gone. And Am I right that his uh, demise happened in an Israeli hospital?
10: It did, and it points up the hypocrisy. Um, you know, many people extolled him, even Israelis who negotiated with him, you know, that he was the only one who continued and believed in the peace, etc. This is a guy who told the Palestinians not to go to Israeli hospitals to boycott it. And yet, when he got sick, <laughs> like the other leadership both in Hamas and in, in Fatah, when they get sick or their families, then they put them in Israeli hospitals. Yeah. But they otherwise, they engage in the boycotts and the, and the ridiculous uh, things. And now we see that, by the way, the PA trying to bypass things like the Taylor Force Act and the cutoff of, of aid because of the money they give to terrorists. They've decided now to make all the terrorists government employees so that they're paying this to them as a stipend as a government employee. They even want to create their own national bank to be a vehicle to bypass the Israeli banks or others uh, and and the scrutiny that uh, comes with it. So if you're thinking that they're going to reform and going to make changes, that isn't in the offings as far as we can see now.
0: Mr. Homeline, I thank you. We'll speak next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos.
10: Have a great Shabbos and a great Chodesh, and, we should, and coming up to Hanukkah, so we should be <laughs> upbeat and see the light.
0: One month away from the big holiday that everybody loves. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Friday's weekly update here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Chayei Sarah. Best regards to our friends in Chevron. Candle lighting at 419, that's 419, in New York. Final hour begins about 315, brought to you by Kedem and presented by Mark Zamek. Make sure you tuned in all day long to great Erev Shabbos programming here on the Nahum Seagull Network. Tomorrow night, Saturday Night Siegel with Avrami starting at 9. Matis with JM Sunday starts at 7 a.m. Sunday morning. Make sure to be tuned in. Rosh Chodesh is Tuesday. We bench Rosh Chodesh Kislev tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday. Please do not forget. Uh, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomre Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum.
11: Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chayes Surah. Parshas Chayes Surah conveniently is divided into three parts— the first 20 psukim dealing with the acquisition of a burial place for Sarah. The next 67 psukim deal with the acquisition of a bride for Yitzchak. And the remaining psukim of the parasha deal with the passing of Avraham Avinu and his burial by his two sons, Yitzchak and Ishmael Before I begin the program, it is with a heavy heart that we begin by remembering that Klal Yisrael this past week lost, unfortunately, two giants. We lost the late Rav David Feinstein, Sadik Levracha, a great posek, one whose... Halachic guidance was sought by thousands of people around the world who was equally known for his great humility and his kindness. And we lost as well the late Chief Rabbi, Lord Jonathan Sachs of Great Britain, who served for 22 years as the Chief Rabbi of Great Britain and who had an exceptional talent of being not only a great Torah scholar but one who had a very special command of the English language and was able to combine the two to inspire, to influence English-speaking world Jewry as well as Global leaders and communities around the world. Indeed, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Avram back in Lech Lecha, and He tells him Avram Avinu, you are about to begin a journey. And I say it all the time: take Avram's name out and put your name in. And what does Hakadosh Baruch Hu say to Avram? Va shemecha, I will make your name great. Now, for one thing, it refers to all of Klai Israel. No question about it. The Jew recognized throughout the world, and on a very specific personal level, Avram Avinu in this week's parsha is called by Bnei Ches. Nisi Elokim Atobisochenu, literally, you are a prince of God in our midst. They recognized Avramavinu to be moral, ethical, a man who represented monotheism and God in this world, a walking Kiddush Hashem. We can say that unfortunately we lost this past week two. Individuals who are each in their own right, Nesi elokim Ato B'Solcheinu. Not only may their memories be a blessing, but as the Gemara tells us in Yevamos Tzadi Zayin Omad Aleph, that if you teach and spread the teachings of somebody who has passed on, says the Gemara, sav The lips are literally moving in the grave. Now whether it means literally moving in the grave, it certainly means that you are perpetuating their essence. And therefore, I thought I would this morning begin the discussion of Parashas Chayisora with one of the writings of the late Chief Rabbi, Lord Jonathan Sachs, and build upon that which he so beautifully inspires. And so I will read a few paragraphs from one of his many printed Divrei Torah and urge the listeners to go online as well as he was privileged to write over 20 books. In this week's parasha, how does he introduce himself to B'nai Chais, the V'toshav Onochi I'mochem. I am both an immigrant and a resident among you, meaning that he knows he has no right to buy land. Sarah has died, he needs a burial plot for her. It would take a special concession on their part for him to do so to buy the land. The Chittites politely but firmly try to discourage him. He has no need to buy a burial plot. No one among us will deny you his burial site to bury your dead, they say to him. He can bury Sarah in someone else's graveyard. Equally politely but no less insistently, Avram makes it clear that he is determined to buy land, and in the event he does pay a highly inflated price of 400 shekel kesef to so do. Immediately after the story of the land purchase, we read the Avram Zakein Bobayomim, Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and God had blessed Avram with everything. This sounds like the end of a life, not the preface to a new course of action, and again, our expectation is confounded. Avram launches into a new initiative, this time to find a suitable wife for his son, Yitzchak, who by now is at least 37 years old. Avram leaves nothing to chance, He does not speak to Yitzhak himself, but to his most trusted servant, whom he instructs to go, quote, to my native land, to my birthplace, and find the appropriate woman. He wants Yitzhak to have a wife who will share his faith and way of life. Avram does not specify that she should come from his own family, but this seems to be an assumption hovering in the background. As with the purchase of the field, so here. The course of events is described in more detail than almost anywhere else in the Torah. Every conversational exchange is recorded. The contrast with the story of the binding of Yitzchak could not be greater. There, almost everything, Avram's thoughts, Isaac's feelings is left unsaid. Here, everything is said. Again, the literary style calls our attention to the significance of what is happening without telling us precisely what it is. The explanation is simple and unexpected. Throughout the story of Avraham and Sarah, God had promised them two things, children and a land. The promise of the land is repeated no less than seven times. The promise of children occurs four times. Avram's descendants will be a great nation, as many as the dust of the earth, like the stars in the sky. He'll be the father of not one, but many nations. Despite this, when Sarah dies, Avraham has not a single inch of the land that he can call his own? Has not he has only one child who will continue the covenant, Isaac, currently unmarried. Neither promise has been fulfilled. Hence, the extraordinary detail of the two main stories in Chayisara, the purchase of land and the finding of a wife for Yitzchak. There is a moral here. And the Torah slows down the speed of the narrative so that we will not miss the point. God promises, but we have to act. God promised Abraham the land, but he had to buy the first field. God promised Abraham many descendants, but Avraham had to ensure that his son was married and to a woman who would share the life of the covenant, so Avraham would have, as we say today, quote, Jewish grandchildren. Despite all the promises, God does not and will not do it alone. By the very act of self-limitation, tzimtzum, through which he, creates the space for man, human freedom. He gives us responsibility, and only by exercising it do we reach our full stature as human beings. God saved Noah from the flood, but Noah had to make the ark. He gave the land of Israel to the people of Israel, but they had to fight the battles. God gives us the strength to act, but we have to do the deed. What changes the world, what fulfills our destiny, is not what God does for us, but what we do for God. Those were the exact words of Rabbi Sachs, to which I say, besides, wow, and so beautifully put, I just want to say the following. This is what we're going to say tonight at the end of the first paragraph of Kiddush. That we clearly say how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in six days. A Shebora which God had created, colon, one more word, La'asos, for man to act. He has provided us not just the raw materials. He's given us every opportunity. But we have to do the job. And therefore, and by our, quote, doing the job down here, we have the ability to influence on high. And so, I'm going to share with you from the Nefesh Achaim of Rav Chaim V'la-Zhina in Shar Aleph, Perik Hay. He, he has the following interpretation, whereby he quotes the Pasuk from HaAzinu, Ki Hashem amo Yaakov chevel nachalaso. What does that mean? It means that the portion of God is His people. We are the portion of God. Yaakov is chevel nachalaso. Literally, chevel is the embodiment of His heritage. Now watch. Says the nefesh The word chevel also means a rope. And what does it mean? It means that we are metaphysically connected, our neshama to the neshamos and the source of the neshama, Eliona upstairs, the source of our soul coming from on high, letting us know that there's such a powerful connection between man, here, at a Baruch Hu, upstairs, U'mishtal sheil it descends literally as a rope, Adbo'a Lugufo <coughs> adam, the spirituality descends to the body of man, V'chol ma'asov, and the actions of man, Magim come, le o'reir, literally to shake, Sharsho elyon, What we do down here shakes the upstairs, Kinyan, just like the rope, Shimiananea, Kotseo Tarton. When you shake the rope at the bottom, Miss O'Rare, or Miss Noea, it shakes upstairs, Gamarosh, Kotseo elyon. Again, what we do is so significant. What we do is so important. This is the theme of the Sefer HaChinuch through so many of his mitzvahs. Why is there a mitzvah for us to give challah? The mitzvah of challah is that when you bake your bread, you give a portion to the Cohen family, the Kohen does not have land and therefore does not have his own wheat that grows, quote, in his backyard. And so the Torah says that the Kohanim, who are God's servants, we are to take care of them. And why? Hashem could take care of it. But His giving us the opportunity to do this mitzvah now gives us the worthiness that Hashem could and will and does bless us. And so, the beautiful idea of Chayesara of Ramavinu, is the one who purchases the land. of is the one who engages Eliezer and orchestrates that Yisroch does not marry one of the local girls. Even though they might have been monotheistic, but recognizing that I need a girl of good character sends his Eved a thousand miles away and in order to ensure continuity of Klai Yisrael. Once again, we lost, unfortunately, two great giants this past week, each one not only known for their scholarship not only known for their piskei halacha, but known for their beautiful actions and their beautiful influence. And may we learn from them and may we follow in their special ways, thereby continuing to raise kvod of Hashem and kvod of His special Torah, throughout the world. Shabbat Shalom to all.
1: koi saye no no Mishe hasani se ma san se ma boi saying you hasani la
7: i
0: J.M. in the A.M. Wow, what a selection from Shal Shellas, huh? Beautiful. Ah, uh, yes, there we go. J.M. in the A.M. on a Friday morning error of Shabbos. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at Rosenbaum Financial Services. Sophisticated tax planning goes way beyond just preparing and filing a return. Here at Rosenbaum Financial Services, we believe that a comprehensive tax-smart approach to achieving an individual's financial and life goals may yield better results. In the long run, with taxes being central to every investment decision we make, our financial professionals are equipped to find the best opportunities to help maximize your financial potential. To learn more about how, how Rosemount Financial Services can help you with your tax planning, visit TaxCPA2.com. TaxCPA2.com or call 1-800-829-2722, 1-800-829-2722. More coming up. It's jm and We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is going to be on Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is going to be on Tuesday. Keep that in mind. Candle lighting is early, 419. You want to make sure you are you are where you need to be by 419 or earlier. <laughs> I wouldn't wait till 419, frankly. Uh, so make sure you uh, keep that in mind. Our final hour, led by Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's going to start about 315 Eastern time this afternoon. It's Friday. Exciting day here at the Siegel Network, to say the least. And um, our lineup really says it all. Right after JM and the AM, table for two. Naomi's going to have Allison Josephson, National Director of Sales for Empire Kosher Poultry. Jeffrey Ingber, chef and founder of Kosher Catch. They are together today with Naomi Nachman on table for two, coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time, right after... J.M. and the A.M. The Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos music mix, all brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. And as we said, the final hour starts about 3.15. Saturday night, single of Rummy tomorrow night. Matis has J.M. Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday. Make sure to be tuned in. More coming up at J.M. and the A.M.
3: The
1: alcohol and wine, let
0: Aton cats. Before that, Yoli Greenfeld. And now it is time to say Good Shabbos. Journeys, Friday. Good Shabbos at J.M. and the A.M.
1: Your candles will be burning
0: Israel and my brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AchimSigle.com and the AchimSigle Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week for us here at JM and the AM and the AchimSigle Network, and I thank all of you for tuning in. Naomi Nachman is next with a great list of guests. Wonderful show called Table for Two. Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos show after that. Erev Shabbos music mix as well is brought to you by the uh, wonderful people at Kedem. Final hour begins about three fifteen later today. Have a great Shabbos, everybody! A wonderful weekend till Monday. Nachum Sigal reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.